Hi, welcome to Connecting the Dots, the podcast where we share our stories from the battlefield of consulting. I'm your host, Johnny Hill, and today I'm joined by my fellow Experonauts, Kareem Jamal, Brandon Wallace, Ted Wilmus, Chris Hobson, and Bruno Bariso. We got a full crew today. So we're going to be talking about tackling new technology on the fly and what that looks like, both from a consulting perspective and just in general. So let's get started. So I guess to start off, we should probably define what we mean by tackling new technology. Yeah, so I think there we could look at it a few different ways. The thing that I guess immediately comes to mind usually is like uh, net new technology to anyone. <laughs> so, you know, like maybe a new database comes out or a new API framework or something like that. But then there's also probably, you know, other definitions would just be maybe like new technologies to your team. Um, and there's probably going to be some different criteria that you're going to want to look at to evaluate those different things just because they're, they uh, inherently are so different. Uh, I don't know if you guys can think of any other, other sorts of definitions of what we mean by new technology there, but. Yeah, for me, it's new to the industry, new to the organization or new to the team. And also new to, to us. Um, I think I'm, there were a good amount of, of cases that we land on the projects that we were not to burst on the solutions that were in place and we'll need to to get uh, the best solution possible when, when we were not the full experts on the technology. So yeah, I think I think there's a distinction that we need to make though between new technology in general and new to me technology. Like it might have been around for a while, but it's something I've never really interacted with. Um, so what are some of the considerations that you need to take for something maybe that's more just something I haven't had any experience with before? Yeah, so um, I find we, many of us, constantly jumping into something new to us. It's like an adventure. There's a lot of unknowns. Um, so, you know, I find that we often like actually leverage what we do know to learn the new thing that we're trying to learn. Um, you know, and I personally find myself just, if I can actually grab the project and, and work with it directly hands-on. That's the, the number one fastest way for me to pick up something new that I've never touched before. So um, certainly can read all the documentation, but until I have a chance to actually um, you know, use the technology, that's, that's the key for me. Yeah, I think the hands-on uh, definitely is, a, is a, the way I learned too. But, and then also sometimes um, again, with these, I guess, open open source projects, if documentation's light, it can even be a little bit tricky sometimes to understand kind of the full capabilities uh, of the technology. So I'll commonly go clone the repo. Um, and, uh, you know, one good, in, good starting spot sometimes is to take a look at kind of the unit tests that are included with the application. Uh, if maybe the documentation is not so great and you can get a, kind of get an idea of of what the what the capabilities of the system are. Of course, in certain cases, if you're talking about something huge and complex, you know, that's going to be a pretty onerous task in and of itself. But if you're looking at maybe using some new libraries or things like that, that can be a good way to get up to speed quickly. In, in a way, uh, you know, new to me, but uh, not new in general to the industry is a little bit easier because you have sort of that community and uh, the documentation that's a little more mature and developed to go off of. Uh, but it also can present the track because then it does give you 
that larger community and documentation that you may spend more time reading through uh, before actually just diving in. And so in a way, sometimes something that's, you know, uh, brand new to everyone is advantageous because it sort of forces you into the deep end right away. It says, okay, let's try to go build something with this instead of spending hours or days just reading up on it first. And remember that new doesn't just mean, uh, you know, new tech in general. It may just be a new version of something you've used that has so many changes. It's essentially new now. Uh, so that could sort of be considered in that same bucket. And I, uh, I see commonalities when it comes to net new or, you know, uh, you're going to approach certain things the same way as far as, you know, just you picking up things for the first time. But, uh, you know, when, when we are talking about industry, new technology, there's definitely some certain pitfalls to uh, keep in mind as well when it comes to uh, implementing the latest and greatest thing. So. Yeah. That, speaking of pitfalls, like, that kind of brings up what are the kinds of things you need to keep in mind when you're approaching these new kinds of technology? Um, some things that come to mind for me when I'm looking at a new, new technology is, is it, what's the uh, stability of it? Is it, has it been out there in the wild? Has it been tested? Is it something you can recommend to take to production? Uh, and then you have to think about the skill sets at the organization is does the organization have the capabilities to manage technology like this, or is it something that they're just not going to understand and not going to be able to deploy and maintain? Those are some of the big things that I look at. Yeah, some technologies, like especially certain backend technologies, um, really benefit from also having some pre-existing ecosystem built around them, like uh, databases, for example. So, um, you know, if, if a new database comes out, um, you know, looking at whether or not you can, you, you know, you can use other tooling. So maybe it's a new SQL database, so it's totally new, but since it's SQL based, it's not that much of a lift to use it with existing tooling versus maybe a database of some other different model that doesn't have so much tooling available. Um, that can that can uh, really drive whether or not it's a good idea to even try adopting it before that tooling is in place. For me, you know, one of the things the support and community is one of the big ones. Like, if you're using something from GitHub, you know, how many stars does it have? When was it last maintained? Um, things like that are always important. And then, sort of all also ease of use and um, you know ease of deployability too. If everything's in the cloud, is this thing easy to deploy in the cloud and work with and develop against? Yeah, I think that, that um, summing up what, what you guys are saying, probably the, the, the more important metric for me is how this technology will impact the team and the project. So all the things that you mentioned has a, a pretty deep impact on, on the day-to-day -day work on, on the team and will affect the deadlines for sure. So. Um, the, I think that to 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 your, the original question, Johnny, I think that the, the um, general mindset when approach new technology is approach with care, <laughs> like if it was on fire or something, um, because the implications can be pretty deep, and um, you you need to have like deep roots on the decision of why you are picking that technology if if it's new. Yeah, it's not a careless decision you want to make. You it needs to be informed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, that, that's something we run into a lot in consulting, like in the consulting world, new technology, you, you have to kind of approach it differently than you would in more of a, in other kinds of situations. So, I mean, I don't know, can y'all speak to some of the differences that, that come up when you're talking about new technology from a consulting perspective? Yeah, I, I think it's, there's quite a bit more discipline. Um, you know, you don't generally have the, um, the time or the budget to really play around with, you know, a whole list of things that may or may not work. You have to be really focused and pinpoint, you know, to what the client really needs. And then there's the whole, you know, um, client sustainment aspect. Can they support this technology indefinitely when, when we leave the project? And so, again, that, that discipline of being super focused is, I think, key for me. Yeah, when you're on kind of tight timelines and have very specific deliverables, I think that usually helps to really kind of make you a little more disciplined probably about deciding whether or not to use a piece of new technology because that feedback loop is pretty tight. So if you end up using something and and it doesn't really give you those perceived benefits that you'd identified at the start as the reason you picked it in the first place, you know, there's, there's not much time to course correct. So I think that uh, in certain cases is can kind of bias towards um, bias towards uh, staying with something that maybe you have more experience with, especially when it's, you know, there's also certain, certain, I guess, levels of risk depending on where and what the technology is that you're talking about, whether it's like, okay, maybe, trying out a new, um, you know, front end library, or, you know, you may be able to recover from that pretty easily if it doesn't do quite what you want versus maybe moving to a whole new, say, you know, messaging or database platform on the back end. And, and your decisions are always, you know, sort of continuously being influenced by, hey, what's the best tech for the job? Uh, but, you know, we're not just operating in that vacuum. It's also you know, as, as was mentioned, uh, you know, what are the skill sets of the team? Because as consultants, we are there for a limited time and they don't be handed off and uh, taken over uh, in-house. And so we need to make sure that whatever we're using is something that they're comfortable with, they're, they're going to take over. Because if it's something that just sits there after we leave, then it's almost, you know, a failure type uh, issue where if no one can maintain it, then, uh, you know, what, what good was it? Yeah, following up on that, though, Kareem, I know you're talking about like, you know, assessing the riskiness of bringing it in and finding the best technology for, for the situation you're in. Like, how do you gauge that? How do you gauge when it's the right time to, to explore those other kinds of options versus kind of, you know, maybe go with something a little safer, something more uh, established versus something that's newer and maybe offers new features, but is not fully explored yet? How do you balance that? I think that's something that evolves through continuous conversation. Um, and you'll, you'll sort of hear that theme, you know, across all our episodes, right, where communication is key. And so from the moment you get in there, um, you need to be talking to people that, you know, are giving you the requirements of so the, the product owners, uh, the managers, but also the team the, that you're working with or you're going to hand off to to see you know, sort of gauge what their skill sets are and, you know, what, what things they feel are acceptable. Uh, so, you know, what's in scope and what sort of tech is, you know, out of bounds from the start. Um, and some of that may not be uh, apparent uh, initially, but just as you start working with the team and getting to know them, 
some of that stuff may surface and start to influence your decisions in one way or another. Yeah, I think uh, part of it, yeah, along the lines of working with the product owners is uh, new, uh, new technology, there's going to be claims, you know, whether they're marketing claims or other users of the technology claims or the developers about what this new technology provides. And you're going to have goals that, that you need to deliver on as you're building out a product. Um, and you kind of need to put those two lists, list, I guess, next to each other and ask yourself, okay, um, given kind of the current technologies that we have to use versus this new technology and this list of things that I need to accomplish here, um, like, is it overlap? And there's like one really cool new thing in this new technology that might save me time and, you know, some small portion of it, or is this really going to be kind of like a, a force multiplier where, oh, if I move to this, actually, it looks like there's some risk involved, but it could potentially save a ton of time or provide on some killer feature that I just couldn't do otherwise, maybe from a performance standpoint or something. Um, so you need to guess, really take a really hard look at that and try to sort of divorce that piece of it from, uh, I think the, the excitement that we all get about new technology, um, just in and of itself, um, and, and try to really just focus on the project, uh, requirements versus, um, being too colored by, you know, personal interest in, in expanding out and, and, and picking up a new technology. You could certainly do a disservice too by not picking up the new right technology, um, you know, leaving clients with something old and that's deprecated or outdated or will ultimately lead to a lead to a dead end in the future. Um, so there's certainly a pitfall for not picking uh, something new as well uh, that we have to definitely consider. Well, and there there are considerations too for what kind of technology, like there whether it's front end or back end or or something else entirely, like. Are you talking about the entire project is shifting to something brand new or is it we're going to take a certain element? There's a new piece of technology that we can kind of slot in that works in one spot, but we have this more stable, mature product on the back end, kind of holding it up. You know, there, there are concerns about adopting new technology too early, but there's also issues that can come up with adopting too late. Can you, can right. you kind of speak to more what you mean by that? Well, let's see. I could think back over 10 years ago now, like the big migration from, you know, Flash, ActionScript, all the way you know, to HTML5. Um, you know, companies back then, if you were still building things in Flash, you know, the whole industry pretty much knew it was a dead end, right? So it was a, a definite right decision, obviously, to go to migrate. And so things like that were the, the writing is on the wall. You know, you have to migrate. It's just a matter of, of when... Um, and how much money you're going to uh, budget to that. Um, so things like that, you know, big migrations and changes in the industry, uh, speaking front-end wise. Uh, I don't know if there's an equi equivalent thing for the back-end, Ted, but. Yeah, I feel like you, even on the back-end, even in simpler cases, like uh, even just like making sure you're, you're kind of taking stock of and evaluating, say, project dependencies, you know, even something as basic as that. It's kind of, I think, easy uh, to get into a mode where you're like, well, it's working right now. <laughs> so let's just, uh, you know, let's leave it as is and not touch it. 
Um, but it's, it's not quite as drastic as what you're talking about, Chris, but if you're, if you're not even, if you're not on top of that, even just from kind of a basic dependency perspective, you can even get yourself into these situations where, um, where like Kareem, you, you sort of mentioned, you may, there may be a very large, uh, change actually in something. And there's a forcing function out that's out of your control where you have to upgrade later and then you're in trouble. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that there's kind of different levels of change that could be happening. And you, ideally you probably need to be sort of plugged in at all levels and, and evaluating, uh, uh, when to make those those changes to something totally new or just actually just to stay on top of what you're already running. Yeah, I think that you brought up a good point then. Uh, how do you think is a good way to manage this on, on a project basis? For example, do you stick to minor versions or should someone be checking like, if there is a major release for some of the dependencies, should we update to a new version of some dependency or how how, how can, can, can we approach that, that problem? Yeah, it's, it can be, it's a tricky problem. I think especially with us, we use so many um, open source um, projects and dependencies, of course, as, as most everybody does. And depending on the project, sometimes it's even sort of there's a, I guess, a wide range of uh, information that's published at published at the project level to even give you an idea as to um, what's happening with the different different versions. And you know, you cross that with say security vulnerabilities and things like that too, which which you can sort of monitor those with with uh, you know in automated fashions with your with your build pipelines and things like that, or to be notified of those like CVEs and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I won't, can't claim to have, uh, have solved that, but it seems like it needs to be something that at least is baked in almost as also like a, some sort of people process level, not just a automation question. So, so going back to, you know, obviously there are times when you don't want to be stuck in a corner because the technology you're using is, is being discontinued and you need to find something right away. But there's also pitfalls on the other side of getting so excited about something new, you think it's going to solve all your problems and you jump in and you realize this, you know, this new technology is, is not mature enough. It's, you know, you're kind of stuck on the other side where you thought it was going to do all these great things. And now you're too far in and you, you can't really back out. Um, but you need to find some other way to, to solve all these problems that came up that were introduced because of this new technology. So like, how do you balance that? recognizing that you know things need to grow and change over time and there, there's going to be a time for looking into new technologies but also not getting so eager that you jump in too early how, how do you balance that kind of that bell curve of maturity i think maybe maybe one one way is you know to each i mean it's it, i think it's good to constantly kind of keep your ear to the ground on what is new but then if if you're going to even attempt to adopt anything um, first, like Brandon, I think said, kind of check out in the, in the marketplace and kind of see what's, see if it seems like other folks are adopting or there, you know, user groups being set up, or is this a pretty niche thing still? Um, but then 
regardless, uh, and this probably really goes for adopting anything new is before you actually commit a lot of resources and, and time to it is to put together um, some sort of proof of concept that provides uh, you some where you have some objective criteria over that you use to evaluate this thing. Um, and for better or worse nowadays, most projects make it really easy for a developer to stand something up on their laptop and try it out. Um, but that's not really enough to really make an evaluation so that, you know, don't, don't fall into that pitfall of, you know, it runs great on my laptop <laughs> sort of uh, scenario. Um, you need to do something much more comprehensive than that probably. Um, that's speaking probably more biased towards a, you know, backend standpoint here than a front end one. But um, I think it's important to be very clear, clear eyed on kind of your acceptance criteria uh, for that proof of concept. Yeah, I'll second what Ted said. I mean, um, identifying what to POC or sort of isolate the crux of the problem. Um, because it's certainly easy with new technology to be biased to optimism and say, hey, it works, see? But you really need to push it to the limit, um, even beyond sometimes the requirements to, you know, like, um, you know, push things in a situation where you're really going to vet all the different aspects that are important for the project to make sure that that technology will work and satisfy what you're doing. So, yeah, POCs are definitely a a necessity when it comes to some things. I'd say that's the key, right? Uh, so, you know, you mentioned that it is a bell curve and uh, uh, either end of the bell curve, you don't have much community because either they haven't, uh, you know, jumped on yet or they've already moved on to the other next thing. And so, um, especially on the, the early end, you don't have much documentation, much community to go on. And there's only so much research you can do. Uh, and at some point you just have to you know stop the analysis paralysis and say i'm going to do a quick you know poc uh let's roll up our sleeves and just try to work with it uh and get some you know real hands-on first person experience on if we think this will work or not uh and it is a little subjective right it's your experience uh, but it's also quickly showing you whether uh, when we really adopt this thing, if it will, uh, you know, scale well or it will fall down once we put the hard requirements against it. And so, uh, yeah, quick POCs that are scoped and tightly defined, I think, are very key uh, when working with new tech. So you're saying just because it's trending on Twitter doesn't mean I should use it? I mean, it could be a good reason, too. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's reason and uh, things uh, trend. But uh, yeah, I'd take it with a grain of salt. Maybe it's a good reason to explore it, but exactly. it requires further research and, and playing with it. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's, there's a need to stay sharp, like to stay on top of what's happening um, so that you have some experience to lean on when new things come up and you're not completely blindsided by new trends because you've been so focused on you know, existing things. So once again, it's kind of a balancing act there. Yeah, and a lot of times you might, um, you know, maybe that new thing isn't going to work for the thing you're currently working on, but maybe um, now you have some knowledge about it, maybe another project comes up, maybe even ideally another project that maybe isn't so, um, you know, certain projects are more, more critical or more customer facing than others. And I feel like there's certain projects that map well to, 
doing more of this R&D on um, and kind of vetting things out in, in an environment that's between a POC and a real thing. Um, and so if, if that comes up and, you know, you've, you, you have this kind of library of possibilities that you can choose from. And as consultants, we are often sort of asked, uh, you know, would this technology work or what about these options? And so, you know, doing these things will let you know why things won't work so that when you do get asked those questions, you have uh, good answers to them as well. Yeah, that's all really good. Um, thinking overall about how to best approach new technology, um, especially from the consulting perspective, like what kind of advice or recommendations would you give to someone who wants to learn more about how to manage new technology, how to assess if it's right for their project? I guess going in, keep an open mind and treat it like a funnel, right? So research several, prototype a few, and then go build with the one. Keeping the open mind is key. You, when you research the few, you may go in there biased with the one you prefer, but, but when you when you try them out, you may find out that the one you liked is not the best one, and you, you've got to be willing to see that. Don't don't get invested in any one option. Yeah, I think one thing I have to remind myself, and sometimes have trouble keeping in mind, is like try to try to always like put yourself back in the end user's shoes um, and think about how this is going to materially impact impact them. Um, not that there aren't dimensions, of course, to evaluate it on as far as, you know, development velocity and things like that. But ultimately all those things sort of, sort of then go back and affect the user. Like, oh, maybe the user gets the product quicker or maybe the performance is better. Or if the answer comes back, like, well, it doesn't, you know, really there is no effect. Then it's like, okay, maybe think really hard then about what is the reason we're actually doing this? Yeah, second, second what you said, Ted, I think that this, at least for me, it's really easy to get lost on optimizing a couple of metrics and forget about the, the big picture. So, and I think if we are thinking on evaluating a new technology, the big picture is, is, is pretty important. Um, so, yeah, I think that the, the, the right approach will be if you can have a team of people doing research regularly so you can create the new stuff that is coming out. It's pretty, the, the, the domain of new stuff is pretty big. So if you have the, the, the capacities you have, people just curating um, the new stuff out, uh, that's just really helpful. And also has um, a clear way to measure what you are trying to achieve um, across your, your stack. It, it can be um, gaining some performance on the front end or um, gaining some development speed on the back end or, or just have a, a clear way to measure what you are trying to, to improve. And then when you pick some candidates, run through those metrics and trying to step back and see, okay, the metrics are improving, but how, how this is going to impact the, the long run? Uh, will I need to train new people on, on this? Or um, is the, the technology too alien to the people that we already have? Or um, how it's going to affect the, the end user? So something that you're, you were talking about, Ted. Um, so, so yeah, I, I will think that 
the, the right way to approach new technology is with a clear um, open mindset, as you guys said, and a clear set of metrics to, to evaluate uh, if the, the new tool is, is uh, improving anything really. And also just trust your gut, right? You're, you're there and being entrusted with this decision for a reason, especially as consultants, you know, we're, we're expected to, uh, you know, advise uh, paths forward. Uh, so I would say don't underestimate your gut, uh, you know, do your proper research, but then, you know, find ways to keep moving it forward. And whether the prototypes are, you know, successful or not, uh, both are valu valuable lessons. Yeah, I would definitely say, you know, trust your gut, but also bounce ideas off of people, like working with other people and getting their thoughts, getting their opinions on different technologies or, you know, how things are performing, I feel like is also incredibly valuable. Taking advantage, whether it's an online community or coworkers, um, getting that feedback can help you, you know, avoid blind spots and, and see things you otherwise wouldn't see. And be open and sort of uh, communicative about your results, right? Uh, especially mm -hmm. the failure ones, you might be sort of more inclined to hide or uh, spin the spin the the reality. But just being open, uh, you know, with the stakeholders and saying, okay, here's what we found out in this prototype, uh, goes a long way. Right. Don't yeah. Don't be over optimistic. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think too, um, you know, as good engineers, developers, we. Uh, we we'll look for ways to build things, um, you know, in a, in a clean, elegant way where it almost hedges against the future. Like, you know, you could build things where you might isolate your exposure to one piece of technology such that it could be swapped out later uh, with minimal or less, you know, not a huge burden effort. And so, again, like knowing your exposure and your, your uh, you know, your connection points to this new technology is key such that you can like later isolate those or, or migrate and, uh, you know, upgrade to something else. Yeah, that's all really good. Thank you guys for, for digging into this. I guess, you know, just as we wrap up, you know, what are, what are some of the big takeaways we got from this time? I mean, I definitely learned a lot. Yeah, I think, um, I think some of the big takeaways here are, uh, you know, focus on uh, on the end product that you're trying to deliver and, and how, how a new technology may help or may not help help that particular product, um, along with some other uh, good ideas and techniques for evaluating a, a technology to, to see, you know, if it is a good fit. Um, so hopefully, uh, Hopefully uh, this this can be helpful, and we'd be interested in hearing you know what other ideas folks have about uh, new technologies and how they look at adopting them in their organizations.